0: You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports
2: podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. We've got a very special show for you today. He's an NBA Hall of Famer, Olympic gold medal winner, and the coach of a little team called the Georgetown Hoyas, Patrick Ewing, joining the podcast. Coach, really great to have you with us. How are you?
3: I'm doing fine. How are you?
2: We're doing well. So tell us, what has it been like coaching, recruiting, all of the normal things you would be doing during this global pandemic?
3: It's been trying, you know, one recruiting, everything is done on Zoom. So you can't, you know, there's a dead period, so you can't get out, you can't travel. So in in one sense, it's rough because, you know, uh, you can't really get out there and see them in person. But in another sense, uh, it's good because you're not uh, spending a lot of money traveling and staying in a hotel. But, you know, it, it's like that for everyone.
1: You know,
3: that's just the, the way that college sports is right now.
1: Let me ask you the same question. back. Let's go back to 1980 or 81 when John Thompson came to your house and met your mom and your dad and you. Would you have had a different impression of him had you met him through Zoom as opposed to in person?
3: You know what? It's hard to say because, you know, back then there wasn't no Zoom, wasn't no uh, cell phones, there wasn't all the, all the different things, all the, different, all the various luxuries that we have now we didn't have back then. So, you know, right now this is just how, you know, life is.
2: So, Coach, if we can, let's talk about John Thompson, of course, the legendary basketball coach of the Hoyas, because Lynchy and I both had a chance to read the book, that he wrote. It was published posthumously. For our listeners, it's called I Came as a Shadow. He wrote it with Jesse Washington. He is a writer for The Undefeated. He came on this show, Jesse Washington did, and it's clear in talking to him and in reading the book that you, Coach Ewing, figure so prominently in the legacy of the Hoyas under Coach Thompson. It's also clear He loved you. He says no matter what happens, you were his favorite player of all time. So tell us what his legacy is for you and especially how you think about it holding the same job he did.
3: Well, his legacy is is all of us. You know, all of us. You know, you, you have to talk about his kids, Ronnie, John, Tiffany, and then, you know, all the people who played for him. You know, we're all part of his legacy. We're all part of his of his tree. Um, you know, and everything that we do from here on is, is you know based on the the things that we have learned and built from him
1: you know you you went to the n b a some of your teammates went to the n b a but not everybody that John Thompson coached went to professional basketball they had to get real jobs in the real world. Was his impact more on those players as opposed to people like yourself who had you know who were ticketed for the NBA?
3: I mean, that's that's one of the things that he he's always talked about. You know, and, you know, he has that. that he has he a has deflated ball in his office, you know, to signify that at some point the basketball is going to stop. Only the air is going to, you know, uh, be sucked out of the basketball, meaning that at some point you won't be able to dribble the ball. You know, some people that came uh, right out of college, some people like myself was able to play, you know, 17 years. But then at some point it did, uh, you know, stop bouncing bouncing for me. And then I was fortunate enough to, to be able to come up uh, to get this great job. But I think that he, his impact on all of us, not only my, the guys who played, but also the guys who had to go, you know, get a job working on Wall Street, working wherever, you know, uh, for Nike or you know, the Olympic community, all these different places that where, you know, these our guys are, are you, know, I, you know, like I said, those are his legacy. The, we are his legacy. All the things that 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 we have done in, in, in our lives based on all the things that he has shown us, bringing in people from from other walks of life uh, who look like us and, and giving us a dream that, you know... Uh, even back even if we don't make it to that we everyone has the dream to make it to the NBA and even if that is not possible that you can still have a productive life and still be able to put food on your on your table and clothes on your your, your family's back
2: coach i mean it's also fascinating to read this book now in in 2020 and 2021 amid you know a much more activist uh, society that we're living in you know especially on the part of both college and especially professional basketball players but that was not the case uh, he he was a renegade in in many uh, in many ways what do you make of this this era now of more active players more active coaches and and what responsibility do you feel along those lines you know especially as we're we're sitting here toward the end of Black History Month
3: i think it's great you know, all the all the things that he fought for in his lifetime. And everyone now feel, sees that they have a platform to fight for for social injustice. You know, and I think that it's great that the, these players, uh, the guys, not only the guys in the NBA, but he's also in college. Everyone is using their platform, you know, to fight and speak, speak up about all the different injustices that's going on in society
1: how much of, of mike jarvis your high school coach how much of john thompson your college coach uh, is in you patrick Ewing, the head coach at georgetown university right now
3: i think all of them you know i still talk to coach jarvis he still calls me uh, we still have conversation you know unfortunately coach thompson is not here but you know it's every day that we have practice you know i he used to always come into the coming into the gym uh, through the side door and uh you know, there's been many times I, you know, I'm looking for him or waiting for him to come through that side door cursing me out and talking smack. Um but both of them are they're both great teachers. They're both uh, of influence and influenced my life and my career in, in a positive way. Uh and you know, uh, Coach Thompson's definitely missed and Coach Jarvis, we still like I said, uh, you know, stay in touch.
2: Coach, tell us about just shifting to the NBA for, for a second. You know, both as a player and, and then as as someone who was on multiple coaching staffs, I mean, you had a front-row seat to just the explosion of the NBA as a massive business, a massive global business. What what do you attribute that to? What what made basketball, pro basketball especially, so popular, it, even if you think about the, the last 10 to 15 years?
3: You know, you have guys like Michael Jordan, you know who became worldwide figures magic johnson larry bird started it Nah, uh, dr j and those guys also but then you know the dream team uh you know we we i uh, think also helped to grow the game of basketball make it a national international uh game You know, the way that we carried ourselves in in the 92 Dream Team, the way that we went out there and kicked butts and took names, we we were the SEALs, we were the Marines, we were all the armed forces that went back there and brought back home the gold. I think all of those things helped to grow the game of basketball and make it as popular as as it has become. And then all the the great individual players and and teams. You know, you have Michael and his Bulls, uh, you have Steph in, in the Warriors. You have KD and when he joined the Warriors, and, and now he's in Brooklyn. All those great players also helped to fuel or uh, grow the game and keep it in the spotlight. And, you know, you can't take anything away from LeBron, what he's done. You know, he's, he's had a great run in terms of, you know, being in the finals for all those back-to-back years. And then, you know, You know, bringing one back to Cleveland, winning one, uh, one or two in Miami, and then one with, uh, with the Lakers.
1: Patrick, I've known you since you were a freshman in high school, and you always shunned away from the spotlight. Um, you just let your actions speak for themselves. Same thing with Georgetown and the NBA. But now you've come out and you've endorsed uh, Ray McGuire as a uh, mayoral candidate in New York City. Is this a sudden transformation in your personality, or is it something like that's always been underneath the surface with you?
3: Well, I mean, it's, Ray's a great guy. I've been known him for a lot of years, um, you know, and I think he'd be a great mayor you know every we every you know that's part of life you have to grow and i think that i you know i'm i'm growing uh, i'm still learning and i just like i keep telling my players you have to use your platform and speak up for things that you believe in and i think that Ray would be a great brand, mayor a great person he's a great person and a great fit and i think he'll be be able to uh help uh run new york and get it back to where it needs to be
2: Coach, I know that that one of the issues that's important to you and certainly was important to, to Coach Thompson was diversity in the head coaching rankings. And, you know, he was among a small handful of black head coaches. Unfortunately, you are also among a, a relatively small handful of black coaches. And only seven in the NBA of the 30 teams are, are coached by men of color what do you make of that? What needs to happen to to make this a, a more diverse sort of top tier of coaching?
3: Uh, you know, the NBA—they—they uh, you, you have to give them credit. They're they're a lot they're ahead of football in that manner, where we have a lot more diversity in in uh, in basketball than in football. I think that you know all the people who have paved the way, like Coach Thompson. Uh, Coach Cheney, John McClendon, all those guys that have uh, fought for equality in, in, in not only college sports, but are also in the NBA. I think it's a, it's a great thing. And then all the people who are fighting for the this same equality in, in football, I think, you know, they're, they're doing their best to try to level the playing field. But they have a, a much further way to go than, say, basketball. Uh, and then there still needs to be a lot more, but especially in the Big East, there's, you know, the Big East is is ahead of its time, in my opinion, because five of the eleven coaches are African American, and you know uh, that 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 needs to grow in all the other all all the other conferences. Patrick, I want to go
1: back to Jason's question about social justice. Do you have some active members uh, in social justice on your team? Do you encourage it? Uh, is it something that? You bring to their attention, or they bring to your attention during the course of a season?
3: Oh, of course, I bring it to your attention. Everything that we that I see that's going on in the in the world, I try to bring it to their attention. Try to talk to them about it. Talk to them about using their platform. And you know, that's another thing when you talk about Coach Thompson. Coach Thompson, as as all the fights that we that we're fighting now, he is he was in the forefront of it. So you know, and I and I got I have to take my hat off to Georgetown. You know, when we when uh, my team talked about you know they want to kneel uh, during the national anthem, and I, I heard a story the other day. I forgot what what uh, outlet it was in about a school in Virginia where they wanted to do the same thing. And, and at first the university said yes, but then because their boosters uh, didn't like it, they they reneged and started saying no. And then they suspended the the, the the black players on the team because they still kneeled. And I think that all the things that Coach Thompson has fought for, and, and Georgetown has given, uh, gave him the freedom to be able to do it. And they're still giving me the freedom to to be able to to show or stand up for what I believe. And I you know and I applaud Georgetown for that. You know I know there's a lot of other places where you know that's not the case. Um, being that school and they're, you know, they're not like that school in Virginia. And, you know, I keep talking to my guys about standing up for what you believe in. Um, you are the your generation is the generation that's going to, that's going to make uh, a change in this world. So, Coach, on that exact point about
2: your players and sort of tying it to empowerment, but also their aspirations, you know, as as businessmen uh, in many ways, you know, Coach Thompson talked about, you know, making more money sitting down than than standing up. I know he told you guys that a lot over the years. Are you seeing players come in more fully formed in terms of their own brands and their own businesses uh, as they arrive on campus there?
3: Well, I mean not when right when they arrive a lot of them they're only 17 18 year old kids I think they they come in you know wide eyed and and bushy tailed and you know it's all about us you know us and their parents to to raise them and and encourage them and give them the the ability to grow I mean that's what that's what all, you know like you asked me the question about when I was younger you know I wouldn't speak out on about things well, you know, uh, I'm, I've grown, I've matured, and uh, you know, I feel, you know, I feel comfortable with speaking about it now.
2: Well, Coach Ewing, you've been very generous with your time. We really appreciate it. Go Hoyas, and uh, best of Go luck Hoyas. for the rest of the season. And uh, hope to talk to you again before too long. All right, thank you. Have a good one. So, Lynchy, you know, obviously a a huge treat for me to catch up with Patrick Ewing. You know, I watched him as a kid, then went to Georgetown and saw that legacy in in full force. He stands above, literally and figuratively, so much of that program. He changed college basketball, he changed Georgetown. I can tell you that definitively uh, firsthand. He's got a big job, though. Those are big shoes to fill, Coach Thompson's. They are. And like you, I, I watched him as a high
1: school athlete. I had the fortune of refereeing high school basketball when he played. I did his last high school game, as a, uh, we mentioned, uh, in high school when he won the state championship. And was really proud of him down in Georgetown, what he did, how he handled himself personally and professionally. And, you know, you talked about the recruiting, um, being not being able to go face-to-face with many of the uh, people that you're you're bringing in, but when you have a face like Patrick Ewing that is so recognizable, 45 years, uh, 35 years after he played at Georgetown... That helps, and yeah. when you have a program like Georgetown, that helps when you pick up the phone or you're doing a Zoom call with a recruit.
2: Yeah, absolutely, uh, and it's still a tough job uh, because you know Georgetown, and I say this obviously as a fan, uh, has not been able to you know ever achieve that level of glory. You know, that was the last, the last and only national championship was the one won by Patrick Ewing under Coach Thompson. So there's a lot of promise uh, for this program, and a lot of attention being paid. Uh, to Patrick Ewing and and it was a good chance also I think for both of us to revisit that book I came as a shadow because yeah. I, I can't recommend it highly enough I also you know really recommend you go back uh shameless plug here and listen to the conversation we had with Jesse Washington because I think if you want to understand that program obviously coach Ewing the uh, told us a lot about it, but the history of it, the legacy of it uh, are are very rich and, and very important. I think none, no time more so uh, than here in 2021.
1: And the feeling obviously was mutual between John Thompson and Patrick Ewing. Uh, to this day, he actually... Coaches his players the same way John Thompson coached him and his players when he was playing for the the coach back in the mid 1980s. His most important thing is not wins and losses, but the life lessons. And I thought it was uh, nice that he brought up the deflated basketball um, uh, metaphor, which was, uh, you know, something John Thompson had in his office. What it symbolizes, though, that when your playing days are over, uh, you've got to go make a living for yourself and your family, and there's uh, there's more important things in the
2: world than. Uh, 40 minutes of basketball uh, three nights a week. Well, and that whole notion that you know John Thompson talks about—that that clearly Patrick Ewing uh, imparts on his players as well, which is you make more money sitting down than standing up. You know, I mean, and that's <laughs> what he's trying to impart on them. I, I thought you know one of the most poignant things as, as I think about it that he said was that you know he's in that same gym and that door that uh, that John Thompson used to amble through uh, into practice and, and let him have it. He said you know he looks at that door sometimes just expecting he's going to walk through. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, really, really, uh, really good to catch up with him and listen. Uh, another rebuilding year for the Hoyas, but uh, hope springs eternal for Georgetown.
1: Well, as, as as we speak right here, they're ten and eleven, uh, and so who knows? Anything could happen. One more thing before we before we wrap this up to takeaway. We've all known Patrick is pretty much uh, an introvert most yes. of his life, but but you know, coming out and endorsing Ray McGuire for uh, mayor of New York City, I thought was something that uh, was really. Uh, not the Patrick Ewing that I know, and just sort of as a sign of his maturity and his growth. I mean, he's 58 years old, but, you know... It, it's something I a part of Patrick I hadn't seen since I knew him back as a freshman in high
2: school. Well, and look, he grew up. I mean, the, it is well documented. Hoya paranoia, you know. I mean, that was the yep. that was the Thompson way. He was very protective of his players, and candidly, and this comes through in the book as well. Very, very protective of Patrick uh, in a lot of ways, yep. and and I think we're reminded when we go back and think about what Patrick Ewing endured as mm-hmm. as a high school athlete, as a college athlete, you know, things that. You know, we look back on uh, that are just abhorrent behavior, and in, in terms of the way he was treated, just you know, unbelievably, you know, racist things said to him and, and about him. So you can understand why, you know he he was conditioned to be the way that that he was, and so seeing him step out and and endorse someone politically, as you say, uh, sort of shows both maturity and 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 his ability to to transcend some some pretty terrible things.
1: Well, I witnessed it firsthand. I refereed his uh, last high school basketball game, the state championship in Massachusetts. And uh, by that time, he had already committed to Georgetown, and it was revealed that he was dyslexic. And the students for the other team were chanting, you can't read, you can't read. He came down with a tomahawk dunk. And destroyed about two guys that were standing in his path. And as he jogged by the student section, he pointed to the scoreboard. He says, "I can read that, boys." Wow! <laughs> and he just kept jogging down the court. And I get a whistle in my mouth, and I'm shot, I'm actually laughing. I yeah. said, "Good for him. Yeah. Good for him."
2: Yeah. Anyway, a, a fascinating character, iconic in his own right, and it takes an icon to replace an icon uh, in many ways. Mm-hmm. So, uh, best of luck to Patrick Ewing. You bet. All right. Well, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Mike Lynch along with Jason Kelly. And we're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week, Michael Barr. He will be back. And we're going to be joined by a very special guest, indeed, Randy Levine, president of the New York Yankees. We are not that far from opening day. We're going to have some fans in the stands. So not just Barr is back. Baseball. It's going to be back. Can't
1: wait for Levine and Barr. What a day it's going to be. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts.